Welcome to the Run for PRs podcast. This is your host, Victoria Phillippe. The Run for PRs podcast was created to give away the secrets to transform your training to reach your goals. We ask all the expert run coaches and athletes the questions that you've been dying to know the answers to. We will get the inside scoop on what really makes you the best athlete that you can be. Have you ever seen a fast runner and wonder, wow, how did they get so fast? Well, then this podcast is for you. We are going to do a deep dive to reveal the secrets to reaching your potential as a runner. Why it could be a good idea to wait to run the 26.2 marathon distance. The marathon is all about aerobic strength, holding a moderate pace over a very long distance. We aren't worn down so much by the pace, but rather by holding that pace over a very long distance. Aerobic strength takes time to build. It's definitely not something that can happen overnight or even over the period of 16 weeks in a marathon training cycle, but it does happen slowly over the course of many years. Every time we lace up, we are adding a brick to our aerobic base house. It is something that we can continue to build and improve on over the course of our running careers. There is no real expiration date on that aerobic fitness. However, the same cannot be said about speed. In fact, as we get older, we will slow down. We tend to lose some of that gut-busting power that we once had when we were younger. For some, this happens in their early 30s. For others, like five-time Olympian and Masters world record holder Bernard Lagat, it may not have happened until well into their running careers. But the fact remains the same. At some point, it eventually does happen. So shouldn't it make sense that we wait to train for we wait to train for a marathon and capitalize on our speed while we can. So this is a very interesting topic and I think it's something that a lot of people don't really talk about. Um and it's just it's just an idea that we kind of wanted to put out there for people to think about when they're coming up with goals and what they kind of want to do with their running career and we definitely are supportive of, you know, whatever you guys decide, but it is something definitely worth chatting about. So I have with me today Jason Philippi who is a coach here at Run for PRs. Um he has over a decade of coaching experience. He has coached runners at the high school and the college level um as well as, you know, recreational marathon Honors and all of that. So I guess Jason, just kicking things off, um, a little bit about you. How many years were you running when you you, you went to go do the marathon distance? Um, and kind of what about a lot of the people that you know who a lot of people would say are really fast marathoners? Kind of give me a little bit about their background and why you think they're so good at this marathon distance. Yeah. So like you said, I've kind of been been a runner all my life. I've competed in high school and college and. Um, I think it's a common theme for you to focus on your speed, especially in college and then that first year maybe out of college. And then typically what you'll see is a lot of people, um, unless they're elites, um, they're going to start they're going to start to transition to the longer stuff, the half marathon, marathon distance. And I'm not quite sure why that is. Um, I think you're just looking for a challenge maybe at that point in your life. Um, 
And you probably feel like you've reached your potential in the 5K and the shorter races and stuff since you had, you know, you had a good coach, you had teammates, you had the facility and all that. So I think that that's a common theme that you'll see. Um, but I think a big reason why people are going to focus on their speed is <clears throat> in their 20s is because we we understand that that's kind of our prime time to kind of use it or lose it. And so we want to get as fast as we can kind of reach our full potential. And, you know, when we're running, you know, let's say we're training for 5k or whatever, um, you're typically doing faster um, intervals and stuff like that in your training. And I think that that just makes you a stronger runner. And so, um, you know, I think that that's why people want to focus on that first and be as strong as possible before they start to you know, transition to the longer stuff. But, you know, to each their own, everyone's different. Some people want to be challenged right away and do something different. Um, some people feel like maybe they didn't have speed and they weren't quite that successful, like in college, maybe running the 1500 or whatever, but they were more successful in the 10K. And so maybe they want to jump into the marathon right away. And so it really just is going to depend on your background and what kind of gets you going as far as the race distance. Um, so yeah, that's kind of a little bit about about my background, but I think that you'll, you'll find every type of marathoner out there. Um, some of them had no running background. Some of them ran in college. Um, it just really depends. So, um, But I think that the beauty of the marathon is it's kind of like the pinnacle that most people set their sights on at some point, and most of us can't wait to try it and to get there and cross that off our bucket list. Right, yeah, I think it's important to kind of know, I think some of our listeners, maybe they didn't run in college or high school, um, kind of how many years were you running when you ran your first marathon? I think you did that in 2011, so how many years of running experience consistently did you have before, you know, towing the line of that big day? Yeah, I mean, I started running in middle school, but probably about 13, 13 years, I'd say. Right. Yeah. So I think that's the biggest like, whoa, like that a lot of people maybe listening are like, whoa, you ran for 13 years before you ran a marathon. Um, And I think, you know, it's important to note that like Jason knew kind of what the marathon was, you know, obviously well before that. Um, When was the first time that you you heard of like grandma's marathon? Um, I know that you had friends on the team that that ran the marathon. Um, and I'm sure that like part of you maybe was tempted or curious about those longer distance races, like a half marathon or a marathon and what kind of made you just not go there or wait, um, versus, oh, I really want to say I'm a marathoner or try this long distance stuff as opposed to, you know, some of your teammates who did go out and run a marathon, um, in college, in high school. Yeah. It's so interesting because, you know, I felt like I almost lived under a rock throughout college. Like I wasn't. This was before social media, so we didn't really have everything available to us that we see now as far as, like, all these different marathons and half marathons and everything's getting, you know, everything's getting all this attention. So I, I had teammates who maybe, like, transferred in or whatever and, and new teammates that came in and they told me they had already ran a marathon or half marathon. And um, I didn't really have too much of an interest because, you know, I, I struggled when we went on long runs if they were over like 10 miles. So in college, we would do long runs. Typically, we'd cap them between 12 to 14 miles. And um, I just really wanted to focus on on the events that we got to race in college. But, you know, like Victoria said, 13 years of running experience, probably over like 100 races of distances between the mile and the in the 5K or the 5 mile. So that really is what I was focused on. I didn't really have a desire but right when I did graduate um, in 2009, I, I did run a half that first summer. I kind of wanted to capitalize on the fitness I had built, um, but I didn't really want to jump up to the marathon yet. 
Right. Yeah. I think that's, that's good to hear. You know, you ran for 13 years, 10 of those years were, you know, high school, college, very competitively. And then you graduate, um, you still didn't run a marathon. You did like a half marathon, then you did a full. And so like, that's kind of your background. But usually what you'll say, people will be like, what's your first marathon time? You'll be like 258. And people are like, what? That's so fast. (laughs) Like you're just natural. That's natural. You're just, you were built different. There's something about you. Like there's just, and then like people will just go down this rabbit hole of like, oh, he's just a different level. But really I look at it and I go, the guy had 13 years of running experience. Like, yeah, he's fast, but that's because he spent like, he dedicated 13 years. He never ran. His body never went more than 90 minutes in a long run. So he was able, his entire focus for 13 years was to develop the raw speed. And so because he was able to develop that speed, when he did go on his first half marathon, it was like, it was easy for him to be able to run sub six minute pace because he had focused so much on making those faster paces feel easier, right? I mean, when you would go on temple runs in college, I'm sure like over time you got faster and it became easier for you to run, you know, a faster distance over longer pace. And I think if you would have been doing, you know, you said that long runs are hard for you in college. So if you would have been doing a ton of long runs and not a lot of speed work, you got to really think, you know, risk versus reward. Do you think you would have been able to run as fast in the marathon? And how would have that, you know, changed the trajectory of your running career if you would have just jumped into that marathon when you were 16, 18 years old? Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting to think about. I know for a, for a fact I would not have been as successful uh, in college hitting PRs like in the mile and the 5K and all of that um, or cross country, which is a five mile. But if I would have been running longer, you know, longer mileage, not as many workouts, first of all, I probably would have got injured because every time I did experiment with higher mileage, something seemed to flare up. Um, so I kind of found my sweet spot around like that 35 to 40 miles a week range with a rest day in college. Um you know, and thinking about that first um, that first summer after college when I ran the half, I think it was a, a 113, which is, you know, it's like 537 pace. Um, that time, you know, would basically, if you plug that in the calculator, that would say my marathon time should be like, I don't know, like 237 to 240, somewhere in there probably. Um, but I was 258. So, you know, I wasn't anywhere near like the potential I had for the marathon, probably because I didn't really train specifically for the marathon, but I was able to really reach my potential for the shorter distances. So I think that gave me a really solid foundation to still go out and run a pretty good marathon time. Um, and so then I realized like, Hey, if I just want to put in the work, you know, year after year and train for the marathon specific distance, I can really get down to this level. Um, but you know, it's hard things happen in your life. And I know that the majority of the people listening are probably going to be people that didn't run in high school or college and they picked up running as an adult. And so, you know, it's like where to start. They might want to try a few 5K, 10K, 10 mile, and then halves, and then they want to sign up for the first marathon. It's kind of like what what gets them excited about the challenge. But um, I think that for most people, they, you know, they might spend a cycle focusing on getting fast, and then they may change, and then they may go focus on the marathon. And so I think the longer we can spend on on the one distance, that's going to set us up for success. Right. Yeah. That's a really good point. You know, you've been, you did races for a very long time before you did the marathon. You ran to high school, college. 
I kind of had a totally different experience. So my first road race was when I was about 20 years old. It was back in 2011. Um, just did a 5K. I didn't even really know like road races were a thing. I saw like an advertisement on Facebook. I'm like, oh, there's 5K. Like I just thought 5K was like a marathon. I, I didn't know, right? Like I just knew races were something runners did. So I did a 5K. Um, and I do remember kind of, you know, eventually you start telling people you did five or that you're a runner or whatever. Um, I got my first professional job in 2012, I think, or 2013. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But, you know, it's funny because you tell people, oh, I'm a runner. And then the, the next question, literally like the next question, oh, have you run a marathon? And I was almost to the point where I was getting like annoyed with it. Like I was like, no, I haven't ran a marathon. I'm focusing on my 5K. <laughs> Which a lot of people, like, if you're not a runner, you don't understand what that means. And so I would say that. And people would look at me like, I don't even understand what you're saying. And, like, the lack of respect was, like, eating away at me. Like, I was like, no, I'm trying to run a 5K under 7-minute pace. And they're like, what? Like, no, you're not a real runner unless you run a marathon. You know, it was kind of like that attitude, like, snooty. Um, And I just... I was done with it, man. Like, I was done with the attitude, to be honest, because I I knew I was a real runner. And so I was really, like, sick of hearing from these outside sources that I wasn't. Um, So that's really what fueled my first marathon. I didn't even really want to do the marathon deep down. Like, I was just like, I want to get this done so that people can, like, take it seriously, take me seriously, which is, like, really the worst possible reason why anyone would ever do a marathon. But I was like, I'm just going to do this, and then I'll be over with, and people will take me seriously, right? So... I did that. You know, I signed up, didn't really train that well. Cause I was like, right. Like I just want to check it off. I know I can finish this. Like I run 40 miles a week already. Like this shouldn't be that hard. Um, it was a miserable experience. Didn't want to be there. Uh, destroyed me. Uh, I don't really know what else to say. I didn't want to be there. I wasn't, I didn't really have like the base to do it. I had never really done a half marathon before. Like I, I ran 13 miles several times leading up to the race, obviously, but like I never did a ton of halves. I I just didn't have the experience or wherewithal to like really know what I was signing up for. Um, I was devastated at the finish. I did not feel like a real runner at the finish. Like I was like, this is horrible. So I, I guess like, you know, then people were like, oh, you're, yeah, you've ran marathons. Okay. You ran a marathon. You're, you're a runner. But then over the course of the next couple of months, people were like, well, have you ever qualified for Boston? And I was like, what the heck? Like, like it's never enough for people, right? So it's like, you're always trying to like fulfill their next expectation. And so then that ate away at me for years. And then I finally did that. And it's like, you start to check all these boxes. And then you, I got to the point finally where people like would take me seriously. Cause like I, I qualified at Ram Boston, all that stuff. Um, and then when people would ask, like, I'd be like, yes, I'm a marathoner. Yes, I've ran Boston. And like, I wasn't even happy about it. Like I was annoyed that they were even asking me these questions still because I knew that that's not what defines being a runner. And so I almost was like, I want to explain this to you because now that you think I am a real runner, I want to tell you like, this isn't what makes someone quote unquote a real runner. And it's just like, there's so much stigma out there that like, if you're not marathon training, like it's not, you know what I mean? Like there's so much pressure on people to do this marathon and I, I feel it. I used to felt, feel it a lot more. Um, but it's just, it's always there. Everyone's talking about doing the world majors. Everyone's talking about Chicago, Berlin, all of the marathons all the time. And it can just be a lot. And if you're, if you want to do marathons, that's awesome. Like I went through a phase where that was what I wanted to do. Loved it. Um, but I've also gone through phases where 
I didn't want to do one. And I think it's just really important to know that you don't have to do a marathon to like prove anything to anyone. And you are a real runner, even if you don't train for a marathon. We have a friend, Jason um, Corford, who he didn't run a marathon until he was like 30, I don't think. But um, this guy, he's a fast runner, right? Like, I mean, this guy's been in like 16 minute 5K shape for 20 years of his life. And his coworkers would tell him he wasn't a real runner. He would run like 60 miles a week his whole life. And his coworkers told him every day, you're not a real runner because he didn't run a marathon. Uh, but he never really let it get to him. He just one day decided he was ready. And, you know, he's 30 and he did his first marathon in 247, I think. Um, but that just goes to show you like... You don't, not everyone's doing it, right? You know, it's, it's, it's not something that everyone has to do. You're, you are a real runner regardless. Don't let it get to you. Um, but I think there are some arguments to be made for perhaps waiting to do the marathon. Um, we kind of talked about that a little bit with what you were saying. I guess, you know, why do many elite runners wait until their mid-20s or, you know, early 30s to do the marathon? Um, thinking about people like Galen Rupp or, you know, other athletes. Like, how come we're not seeing, like, high schoolers coming out and, like, becoming marathon world-class champions? Is there something to focusing on the shorter speed that makes you a good marathoner? Yeah, I mean, most elites, you know, you think about, they, they've probably been running a long time and they ran in college. And so the distances that they're running, they're racing are, you know, the mile, 5K, 10K, all that stuff. So that's kind of what they're focusing on. And then even post-collegiate, you know, if they're still pretty dang fast, they're going to try to focus on hitting like an OTQ for that distance and train for the Olympics or something like that. And so you'll see that. And that's what Galen did for many, many years. And he ran the 5K and 10K and all that. Um, and then you reach a point when you get in your thirties where your speed is starting to decline unless you're Bernard Lagat. And so you basically start to go up in distance and you move out to the roads and you'll see this with a lot of athletes and, and some athletes are still running 1500. And I know Heather Dornadin, she's a local runner here in Minnesota. She's been running the 1500. Um, I think she's tra- training for the next, uh, trials, which is, which just got postponed to 2021. So, um, she's well in her thirties now. And so there are people that have been doing it for years. Uh, Garrett Heath is another one. He runs for the Brooks beast. Um, he's still, he's in his thirties. He's actually my age. He's probably 34, still running the 5k, 10k, the shorter stuff on the track. And so I'm, I'm guessing this will be his last go around. And then after this Olympic year or whatever, he'll start to move out to the roads. But most elites are going to focus on trying to run the fastest times they possibly can in the shorter distances. Um, and I, I think then they'll, they'll realize, okay, it's time to start to move in, moving out to the roads and up in the distances. But, um, I think what, what it helps us do is it really just makes us a strong runner, right? You think about when you're running fast, you have good form and, and then it's, I think it's easier over time to just slowly build the more endurance based running, like the marathon pace work and all of that. Um, and so it's, it's harder, I think, to start with the distance and then to start doing speed. I think that that's hard. And so, you know, there are, while there are marathoners out there who are, who just ran at the trials, who, you know, did not run in college, they probably got into running as an adult. You know, there's several of them. Um, they're probably the ones that maybe they don't have as fast as like 5k or mile PRs or whatever. But I think that, um, you know, they probably, they still spent many, many years, I think, training and getting to the point where they are now. And so I think that, I think that the best foundation is to start with the shorter races, the consistency, getting the speed, mixing in the the tempos and the, the strides and the, the sprinting, all that, and then learning how to race. And I think that that's a huge part of it too, is like 
the strat the um the mindset that goes into racing the tactics um a lot of these elite athletes ran on the track as well as you know the indoor track the outdoor track and then cross country so there's different variations in terrain different strategies involved um there's a lot of sit and kick races there's a lot of like trying to pull away from the field in the middle of the race that sort of thing and so i think that those those tactics that these athletes develop over time i think again that's that sets them up for success in the longer races you you heard about the trials at atlanta how it was going to be kind of tactical and you saw certain people kind of go out ahead and um for some it worked well right but for others it, it didn't work out so well and and um some people probably wish they would have went with the pack and they decided to stay back because the course was so hilly and challenging well and it got to be too late and they weren't able to make up the gains so um yeah, I think elites are going to find the majority of them, I'm sure, have pretty extensive background in the middle distances. Right. I think it's really interesting to, to think about elites and, and just, you know, they're over with that marathon so quick, you know, two hours and some change for most guys, like two twenties for women. It's just crazy to think like how quick that is compared to, you know, when I run it. Um, and I always just think back to, you know, I've taken a lot of time off my marathon, but again, like my slowest marathon, my first marathon was like a 409, I I believe. Um, My fastest is 313. So really, it's only like a 56 minute difference. Um, I know some people who have done like 530 and now they're down to like low threes. But I mean, even in that like almost one hour difference there, I can tell you it's like night and day. Um, It's so much easier to finish a three hour and 13 minute marathon because it's over faster than it is to be out there for four plus hours. Um, I even remember when I was about four or five months postpartum with my son Chase, I ran a marathon. Um, obviously, I wasn't in peak fitness, you know, and I ran 343. And just towards the end of that, I was like getting to the point where I'm like, okay, this is really like been out here for a while now. And, and it was, you know, 30 minutes slower than what I typically would have ran or whatever. And it's just like those extra 30 minutes it doesn't seem like a lot 313 to 343 those both sound you know similar but 30 minutes is a long time when you're out there for you know three and a half four hours and so you know as as you start adding on even more time to that I mean it you're out there for a long time. And I always like to think of the marathon as more of like a time-based thing um so anytime you're gonna go out and do a long run um me and Jason, we go out and we do long runs. And it's funny because my parents are also runners. They got into it when they were older. Um, and we kind of will talk about kind of what's on our schedule, what's on their schedule. And they'll be like, yeah, we're, we're going to do like a 20-mile long run. And, and sometimes we'll be like, okay, yeah. And maybe we'll get together later in the day. And we'll like track them. And we're like, oh, my gosh, they're still out there. And they're out there for like hours and hours on end. And I am always just like, how are they doing that? You know, like, and I understand like you know, it, it, it's hard for someone who can't cover as many miles in the same amount of time because it's, it's more time consuming. Um, I just think it's like more exhausting. I'm someone who, who likes to just kind of, you know, only be out there for two hours, two hours and 30 minutes and anything over that. It's like, gosh, it, it can be, it can be brutal. Um, so I think there is kind of that advantageous of, you know, it's easier to cover more ground when you're going, you know, nine minute pace or eight minute pace versus, you know, 10, 11, 12 minute pace. And, you know, for some people that like, it's just not in the cards that their speeds are going to get that fast. But I think if you do have the time to kind of focus on those shorter distances, um, when you do translate over into the longer distances, it can be easier. Um, I know the first time I ever ran one mile, it was like 13, 12 minutes on the treadmill. Um, and over time, like I never ventured longer than three miles for the first couple of years that I ever ran because I just, 
it was, I don't know, too hard. I didn't really like ever think to just go longer. I always just was thinking about how much faster I can get. So I was able to, you know, come out of those, you know, 10, 12, 13 minute pace range into more of like the eights and the nines. But I mean, it does take several years to kind of develop that speed. But then once I did have more speed, I did work more towards the endurance. And so I think, you know, you can really focus on either, but if you if you really want to develop that speed and kind of reach your potential in the 5k it might might make sense to kind of focus more on that um and then move on to the marathon versus trying to move to the marathon first and then focus on speed later i mean really you can do either but if you follow kind of what elites are doing and and what a lot of you know the college athletes do a lot of times people get frustrated when they do their marathon they're like why am i slow so slow compared to so and so or why can i not run as fast Sometimes it just boils down to like that aerobic development and the speed development that other runners have given themselves time to have. Whereas like if you just jump into the marathon after one year of running, um, that's a huge like that's a huge stress. And I mean, obviously, it's a huge accomplishment, but you have to understand that like your performance and everything's going to be kind of limited based on like what your experience level was kind of going into that. Um, and you could be, you know, at a higher potential, um, if you focus more on speed, if you built your aerobic base even more. So just thinking about how much more, um, benefits you could get by, you know, giving yourself more time and all that stuff. So another huge question that I'm getting, I actually just got this um, question DM to me today. They're like, should I focus on the 5k? Should I focus on the marathon? Can you gain speed? and aerobic endurance at the same time. And I want to focus this more towards like our listeners, you know, let's say you're a four hour marathoner. Can you still run, you know, like a 5k PR? Can you still get into that like 21, 22 minute range while you're trying to break, you know, four hours in the marathon? Or do you have to focus specifically on the 5k in order to get faster in the 5k? Yeah, there. I have had athletes that have PR'd in their 5K or their 10K during a marathon training cycle. So, I mean, it, it is possible to progress your endurance as well as your speed, but um, you have to think about the, you know, the the maximum potential for each. And if we focus on one, I think we're going to get we're going to be able to get to that level um, faster than than you would if you're kind of just in the middle. You're kind of doing a little bit of everything. So. Um, you know, cause obviously that person was doing a fair amount of, of marathon pace work and, uh, longer tempo runs and higher mileage where if they, um, were going to focus just on the 5k and stuff, we would have capped their mileage. We would have been able to probably add in an extra speed workout a week. They would have probably gotten faster at that distance. Um, but again, this person, the reason they PR in the 5k was just because, um, you know, consistency over time running's a cumulative sport they were getting more fit their aerobic capacity was getting better and so they were able to go out there and still run a faster 5k um, they weren't super experienced in the 5k and so it, it all boils down to kind of how experienced you are how many times you've raced and, and then and, and that sort of thing but if you're really passionate about getting faster at one distance over the other try to try to really have a laser focus approach to get faster at that one distance Right. Yeah. I think as you get faster, it can maybe be harder and you might have to like isolate and focus on one. Like when you're talking about shaving a couple seconds off your time, like, yeah, we're going to really have to focus our energy on one. But you know, if you're someone who's kind of newer to the sport, I mean, that's when I say newer to the sport, I mean, like you have less than seven years of running experience, which, you know, some people wouldn't classify as newer, but you know, you're probably more likely to hit a PR, be able to hit a PR, um, in a 5k and a 10k while marathon training or vice versa. Um, just because of the experience and over time, like putting in the work, it's going to pay off. Um, and you might see that across the board. So, you know, if you improve your aerobic base, 
that could just like lead to a faster 5k time as a result because you're improving your aerobic base trying to train for that marathon and boom you hit a 5k pr um whereas other athletes who are you know more on the capitalized side where it's like they might have to work really hard and spend a whole year just to shave like five seconds off their 5k time um but most of our listeners probably don't fall into the category but i would say you know that it's important to kind of train specifically for what your goals are but a lot of the times most of our athletes we'll see a happy, you know, 5k PR in a marathon training cycle just as like a result of marathon training, which is kind of cool. Um, but I guess, you know, kind of thinking more towards what are the negatives of going straight into the marathon instead of focusing specifically on the 5k? Cause we're saying, Oh yeah, you can probably be here in the 5k anyways, even if you train for a marathon, what would be like the downside of training for a marathon? Do you think that they could be even faster if they waited or like, what is the negative? Why didn't you run one in high school? Like would your coach have gotten mad at you? Um, tell me a little bit about kind of what that is, because I think sometimes people might be able to relate to that. Um, I know you had a college athlete once who wanted to run a marathon. Um, and just kind of what is the typical reaction of a college coach when an athlete, because college cross country and track, you're not running more than a 10K ever. Right. Um, so what is kind of the rea- the, the typical standard reaction of a coach who finds out their athletes doing a half or a marathon um during the off season and and why yeah i think typically you know high school college coaches they're not going to worry if an athlete wants to run a local race in the summer if it's uh 5k 10k something like that if it's a half they probably definitely want to know about it so there's some discussion but i think that that's typically going to be the the limit the cap um i don't really know of a coach who's going to say oh yeah go run a marathon um Granted, there, there may be some that say, you know, if this is so important to you and you really want to do it, I'm willing to help help you through it and all that. But um, we're not going to necessarily go condone it or give you the permission or the idea. Um, but typically, you know, the reason we want to focus on the shorter stuff is, is just, you know, the when we think about the marathon, there's such a more demand on our body for the long runs and the increase in mileage and all of that. And so if we're just skipping all the pre-foundational work and we're going straight to the marathon, um, we're probably going to be kind of breaking some of the you know the cardinal rules that go along with that like the 10 percent rule of weekly mileage increases or um, the long runs of being 30 percent of your mileage for the week and that sort of thing and so um, I think that you know it's best to just take the slow approach focus on the shorter races you know mix in if you know you can do you can still be challenged if with a half marathon so I think that that's that's great and for my athletes that I coached in college I just I wouldn't even recommend a half for them for probably half of them just because I feel like you know, they, they don't do long runs over 10 or 11 miles. And I feel like they would struggle and get injured. And so there might be a select few where I'd, I'd help coach them through a half and I'd be okay with that. But the majority I'd, I'd want them doing the shorter races. Um, you know, especially since that seems to be their top priority. And I, I know it's, it's exciting to think about doing something else to keep them motivated in the summer and all that. Um, especially this year with COVID, we've had a few athletes who really wanted to experiment with other races and then they found out those races got canceled so luckily for the coaches we didn't have to worry about them going out and running marathons but um i think that the longer you know we can focus on kind of that the one area the better um and you know it just helps us with with um reaching our potential in both areas like in the long run so when we do transition i think it's going to be better for them in the marathon later on but um spending the time on the shorter stuff now is giving them that strong foundation that they're going to need um and that 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 anaerobic development so that that transitions well to adjusting to the aerobic endurance building 
Yeah, this is really interesting thinking about. Um, I know back kind of when I ran my first marathon, um, it was back in, you know, 2013, I was 21. I had just started working professionally and graduated college. Um, in my senior year, I ran cross country and track um, on the college cross country team. I wasn't very good, but, you know, I was on the team and there was this girl that I ran a lot of the races with, we both kind of would finish together most of the time. Um, she was my training partner all the time. Like we ran the same paces always. And we both kind of decided that summer we were both going to train for a marathon. We weren't training for the same marathon. We, we didn't really train together, but we shared our training with each other. We pretty much had the same training plan, right? Um, we, we were in the same shape and, you know, after a couple months, I ran my first marathon. She ran her first marathon. She had been running since she was 10 years old. So what is that? What 10 or 11 years of running experience. I had been running since I was like 17, 18. So I had like four years. Um, she goes out, she runs 343 followed by a 335. A couple months later, I go out and I run 409. And I just couldn't like help but wonder, did some of that have to do with the aerobic base that she had for years and years and years. And then I even, you know, later on the line found some other friends, you know, as I kind of got more into the sport, you know, but I, I didn't have that much many years of running experience under my belt, you know, maybe an extra couple years. So I, I had like six or seven years of running experience and I was running um, a marathon with two girls that have like, one has been running literally her entire life since she was like, 15. So she had like 15 years of running experience. Someone else had like 12. We both go out to this race. We run the same time in a 5k. I'm maybe a little faster and they're creaming me in the marathon. And I couldn't help but wonder again, is it because they have more time developed that aerobic base? And it's just like a really interesting thought. Um, and I, I do think having more time building that aerobic base and having your body get used to the pounding of doing running over years and years and years does make a difference when it comes to the marathon. Um, and you can get that in a variety of different ways. So some people might look at, you know, coach Megan Roth, she, um, did her first marathon in like 309 and be like, well, why is she so fast? And it's like, yeah, she wasn't a runner, but she was a competitive soccer player. And she probably started doing that when she was like, five years old. So, I mean, by the time she started doing marathons, she had been playing soccer and soccer is not like an easy sport, right? I mean, you're running, literally running back and forth across a field, um, year after year after year. And so her body understood how to run it. It, it ran all the time, right? She just wasn't doing specific cross country or track running. Um, and so understanding that maybe just because you don't have the running experience, you might have other experience, um, that is going to give you an advantage. And maybe, you know, that you're listening and thinking, okay, maybe I do have a little bit more, um, athletic, you know, aerobic stamina than the average Joe Schmo. But if you're someone who has like literally no fitness experience whatsoever, it might be worth kind of waiting a little bit longer because there are so many things that develop within the sport of running and within like that whole aerobic fitness development that can really help you in the long term. But if you're someone that has, you know, a lot of experience doing those like super competitive sports, um, you might be fine kind of getting more into the uh, longer distance running and not having as as much of a, a challenge um, when it comes to like, you know, injuries and all that sort of thing. So is there ever like a right time to know when to make the switch to the marathon? Yeah, that's a good question. I think like you mentioned earlier, people um, 
you know, people decide to run marathons for so many reasons. And one reason you said you decided was people kept asking you about, um, you know, whether or not you're a runner and if you've done a marathon. And so sometimes I know people run just to kind of fill the, fill those social pressures, but they want to also challenge themselves. And I think that's, that, that's what it boils down to, right? Is we want that physical challenge, something we've never done before. Um, we know marathons are kind of the pinnacle of running and, you know, you get to, you get the medal and all that. And it's just so, it's such a signature event because the lead up is so long, like you train for months and months. So, um, I think it's going to depend on the athletes going to depend on, um, their, maybe their experience in other events. Like, have they reached success? Have they not enjoyed running other events? And maybe that could be a reason to push them to run something a little bit longer. Um, other reasons are just, um, time and age, like people maybe want to transition to the longer stuff. Um, they're feeling older, like they're not quite as fast at the shorter stuff. Um, you know, they have other goals such as a BQ long-term and they just want to start, I think the process of, of getting some experience under their belt in the marathon. So as far as the time goes, I mean, there's no right or wrong time. I think there's a reason you don't see too many people under the age of 20 show up in marathon results. Um, typically those are obviously young people who are still, um, maybe competing at college or just finding out they enjoy running. So they're getting into it. But, um, and then when we look into our twenties, you're starting to see more. And then by the time people are in their thirties, that's where you're seeing a ton of people. Um, but I, I would say, you know, there's to each their own, it's going to be a preference thing. And, um, for me, it was, I kind of wish I would have waited just a few more years. Cause I think I would have had a stronger foundation. I, I wish I would have ran more like halves and maybe, um, done a few more 10 milers and stuff like that, just to get used to running the longer distances on the roads. Um, I think I jumped into the marathon a little early. I actually got hurt the year, um, my, the year I signed up for my first marathon was 2010. Um, and I didn't get to do it because I ran a 20 mile race. And so I actually raced the 20 miles and I was hurt after that. Of course, I actually ran the 20 miles really fast. Um, and that set me back. So I think that, um, you know, you learn things throughout year after year with your training. And so if you can just slowly creep towards that, that long distance, I think that that's, that's kind of the, the, the best recipe. Yeah, that's really good advice. You know, a lot of people, they want the results real quick, but it's just time, you know, time and consistency. It's huge. And, you know, some people might be thinking, well, like 13 years during your first marathon or, you know, you get better after 10 years. But that's the thing is in the marathon, you can really actually improve a lot, even if you're, you know, in your 40s. So and there's only so much time you have, you know, when you're young to capitalize on your speed. So we're just trying to say, you know, devil's advocate here. If you really want to work on that speed and get as fast as you can in those short distances, um, the younger you are, the better. Um, and then as you get older, a lot of people focus more on that marathon because their speed has already been capitalized on and you can still improve on your marathon as you get older. But I know another time people come to us uh, is when they hit like a stagnation point in their training. And usually it happens to be, you know, when they're stagnant kind of in that marathon, they're stuck on that marathon uh, hamster wheel, we like to call it, where they're doing, you know, one or two marathons a year every single year. And that's pretty much their main focus. Um, and we see people kind of hitting, they hit like the same marathon time year after year. Um, I've definitely been there personally. Uh, I can kind of speak from that angle, you know, I was stuck in like the three forties for a while. And then I just thought, you know, that's kind of it for me, you know, like that's, that's my potential. That's my, where I'm at. Um, and it's like, you have to change something. Otherwise your results are not going to change. And so for me, I really had to take a deep look, like what am I doing that's holding me back? Or is there something I could be doing that would be 
able to kind of take me to that next level. And sometimes just taking the focus off of a marathon training cycle and just saying, okay, I'm going to work on my speed and work to reach my potential. And it's not going to be like necessarily focused around a race. Um, so I just looked at what am I lacking in my training? And the biggest thing was like threshold work. Um, so I just started doing more of that and naturally over time, um, you know, getting, getting fitter in some of the shorter distances and then kind of working my confidence up, um, to do a half and then, you know, tackle a marathon eventually. But I think sometimes there can be a lot of pressure. People are like, well, I have to train for a marathon train cycle. Otherwise I don't know what I'm doing or I, I need to have a goal. And it's like, your goal could be something in the short distance range. It could be, you know, to train for a half. And sometimes when you take the pressure, off of this marathon um, and you focus in on something else, the natural speed just kind of kicks in and you're able to reach the next level of training. Sometimes I think it's really important to switch up your goals because if you're always focused on the same thing over and over again, it's like you, you need to change something um, and, and switching up what your goal is, is really important. Um, I also got stuck on another, you know, stagnation point where I was stuck in like the 320s for a really long time. Um, I was actually getting slower. I was like, I ran a 323, I just was not able to kind of break um, that 320 barrier anymore. And it was really frustrating for me because I was working just as hard. And I know a lot of athletes come to us with similar stories where they're like, I just can't, you know, run as fast as I once could and all these things. And, um, you know, I ended up getting pregnant and I'm like, wow, now I'm never gonna, you know, ever run as fast as I ever did, or I'm never gonna break 320. Um, but then, you know, obviously taking that time off of not racing and, you know, having pregnancy, giving birth, all that stuff. Um, I actually think it kind of like helped me mentally. Cause it's like, I had to take like a forced break and, and sometimes people don't like to take breaks. You know, a lot of marathon runners, they, they just want to keep going, keep grinding, keep, they don't want to take a season off because they think if they take a season off, if they take a year off or two years off, um, when they come back, it's just going to be way too hard because marathons are really hard. So they're scared. They're, they're a little worried about doing stuff like that. But you know, I took, I don't know, several, so this is like a year off of running, no, a year and a half off of running marathons. And, and even when I came back, my first one was pretty slow. It was like in the three forties compared to my PR it was like 30 minutes faster. But, um, you know, over time, just, I focused on, you know, what can I do to kind of focus on, um, like racing a marathon again and, and putting together a solid train cycle. And I was able to PR, um, a year after giving birth, which is still like, crazy to think I was able to do that because for so many years before even getting pregnant, like I was kind of stuck like on the same, like 320, I just could never run faster than that. Um, and then to run, you know, a 313 one year after giving birth, which a lot of people would say is like a setback to, you know, be pregnant for nine months and then come back. And it definitely wasn't easy. Um, but I think the biggest thing that helped was having something to take my mind off of the marathon for such a long time, right? Like I, I appreciated the sport again and it just gave me like a new perspective on the distance. Whereas if you're constantly like on that, that hamster wheel, like I was, um, a couple years ago, I can just feel like, I don't know, just you lack confidence and you're facing the same thing over and over again. So my biggest takeaway is just always finding something that's going to you know, spice up your training again. Maybe that's taking time off as weird as that sounds. Um, or maybe it's focusing on like the one mile or the 5k. Um, but if you're really frustrated and you're just like not enjoying it anymore because your results just aren't there or you're not as fit as you thought you were, it might just be time to kind of like reassess and refocus in some way. Jason, do you have any last minute 
tips for people who maybe are hitting a stagnation or having a hard time figuring out what to train for? Yeah, I know this has been, you know, kind of an odd year, 2020 so far with COVID. So you may have been forced to take a break from your, you know, traditional two or three marathon cycles that you do a year. And so this has been a chance for you to hopefully take a step back and, um, you know, take a break from the long, the long runs or the weekly mileage grinds and focus on some shorter speed, um, or just, you know, run when you feel like it. And so I think that, you know, there's no magic like thing that you have to do to see results. I know I was listening to a podcast recently about, uh, Des who took, she took from Boston when she won Boston, she didn't run really from then until almost September. So basically she took off however many months that is four months and maybe went for a few runs here and there. But Um, I think that even the elites take those mental breaks, those physical breaks, and there's some benefit to that because when we come back, we are feeling stronger and, um, you know, we're not saying you need to go take time off, but maybe just change your focus, change the, um, the way you're training or how much you're training, just change something about it. Because I think when you do go back, then it does make you stronger. Um, it's just, it's, there's a lot of benefits to just taking that break and, um, a lot of times we can learn some things about ourselves that are going to, you know, give us some new tools that we can apply to future training cycles that will help us be more successful. So, yeah, that's really good advice. I think a lot of people can kind of resonate with a lot of that. Um, if anyone has any questions or they want to chat with us, maybe get a free seven day trial to kind of see what it's all about. I know kind of motivation can be a little bit low if a lot of people's goal races have been canceled or just kind of getting back into the swing of things. We'd love to set you up with a week of training for free. You can visit our website at www.run4prs.co. Fill out the form on our website and we can get you set up right away.